Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. Welcome to the Luck on Sunday podcast, a weekly audio digest of all the best bits of Luck on Sunday, free to air every Sunday from nine o'clock that brings you the best guests and insight from around the racing world. And we've brought two of the very best pundits in the business into the studio. Jonathan Harding and Steve Mellish both reacting so modestly. Um, my first opportunity to work with you, Jonathan, which I'm looking forward to. Steve, a regular on racing TV. Um, let's start with a little bit of the flavour of the past week, uh, Jonathan, with the arc last weekend leading up to Future Champions Day at Newmarket. Um, how buoyant do you feel the sport has been over the last seven days? Oh, incredibly so. Incredibly so. It was a, a fairy tale to use a cliche, result in the arc, wasn't it, with Sir Mark having his first and Luke Morris having his. It was just a, a brilliant performance from Alpinista. And then we're getting into that special weekend where all the dreams are still alive uh, with the classic contenders for next year. So a few exciting performances yeah, at the weekend. Those dreams that uh, Jonathan speaks of, Steve, involves obviously those two-year-olds, which is, I know, traditionally, one of the most exciting times of the year. How excited have you been about the youngsters this coming end of the season? Yeah, pretty much. I think it's a great time of year, this, don't you? I mean, you, it, for all the reasons you've had, and even uh, it's sort of the start of jump racing as well, so lots of things are happening to, to be interested in. Yeah, I think the two-year-olds mainly lived up to their billing. Um, and I think we've got some, you know, at this stage, some exciting prospects for next year, both this side of, uh, of the water and the other side of the Irish Sea as well. So, it's, yeah, it's interesting. All right, well, let's focus on what we saw at Newmarket yesterday, first of all, and the Dewhurst Eggs, which we know traditionally throws up the, the best two-year-old colt around. Is Chaldean the best two-year-old colt around? He's certainly up there, isn't he? Well, he, he slightly was forgotten in the build-up with the sort of excitement around Nostrum. Um, but he's the battle-hardened one in there of the Jub Montpair. He's gone Group 3, Group 2, Group 1, so you've got to say he's a, a serious classic contender, isn't he? And the way he did this was just seamless. A classic Frankie ride off the front, and after hitting the dip, he just went, didn't he? Just real professional. And he missed the kick, Steve. Yeah, that, I think that was quite significant. He's done, he's done well to get in the lead and get into the rhythm. He did. I think you should give credit to the second, who's run a really good race. He was all right back to his very best and yeah I think he's pretty strong due to his form I mean Nostrum was well beaten off in the end run very well and the rest of them were well beaten off so I think the form is uh, in terms of this side of uh, the Irish Sea probably the best we've seen. One thing I thought about the winner if you watch him win the Acom at York he does a little bit too much in Ryan Moore's hands through early parts of the races but then in fact he did that on the second start as well but when he did when he went to Doncaster he relaxed beautifully in front of Frank Tory. I mean, missed the kick and got forced up there. He then relaxed again. I love his nature now through races. He's clearly growing up. Yeah, and that's that's the experience that perhaps Nostrum lacked a little bit. You know, that, that there's no substitute for that. He's he's had a fair few races now as a two-year-old, and the question's going to be, 
will he train on at three? But there's nothing from that performance that suggests he won't be bang there yeah. in the guineas. Who's your leading guineas hope at the moment, Steve? I think the best two-year-old form is Little Big Bear by, by a margin, to be honest. So if that came back fit and well, I've had some sort of setback, a foot injury which they're downplaying. I'm always worried about things like that, but um, I think if that repeats the form he showed in Ireland, I think by, by a way, I mean, I think yesterday's form was pretty good. I don't think it's frighteningly good. You know, I think it's, it's good, solid Dewhurst yeah. form without being um, so far ahead. I mean, you know, if you were, if you were, if you train the second or the third, you wouldn't be giving up. You can turn the form around in the Guineas, I don't think. Yeah. But I think it's pretty hard to see any of the horses who ran in Ireland turning around the form with Little Big Bear if he comes back to his best. Agree with that sentiment? Yeah, I think Little Big Bear's are quite rightly the front of the market for the 2000 Guineas. Yeah. I, I think also Sakir wasn't there, obviously a, a notable absentee. It would be yeah. interesting to see him, whether he has another run this year potentially or, or not sure of the nature of that setback, but if he were to run again or have a prep before the Guineas, yeah. he might put himself bang there as well. It's, the, it's true, one thing, we the quotes this time of year for, for all the classics. I do find it hard to believe uh, yesterday's Dewhurst winner is a derby horse. Um, I mean, the family is, is it's speed. chock full of speed. I think it's by Frankel, but chock full of speed on, on the dam. So I'd be amazed if they weren't, if the Guineas wasn't the classic, yeah. you know, pure and simple, really. Just looking the way he races, you think a mile might be his optimum. Yeah. Wouldn't want to go too much, for, at least for now. You wouldn't yeah. want, can't imagine him doing much more than that. Of course, Frank and Ettore had a, a funny day yesterday. Uh, when I say funny, I mean, it's in with ups and downs, obviously falling on liftoff. Thankfully, he was okay. Uh, back in the saddle, though, for Chaldine, and after the success, he spoke to Tom. Uh, Frank Dettori has won the Darley Dewhurst on Chaldine. Well done. Um, tell me about this horse's quality. I was very impressed when I rode him at uh, Doncaster. But first thought when I spoke to Andrew, I said, listen, you want to run him the Dewhurst because, you know, he's, he's, got not, you know, he's done nothing wrong. And, uh, and uh, we were justified right that uh, he won. He was a, a little slowly away. You were keen yeah, to get him on the front end. Yeah, I was quite, quite surprised because he jumped very good at, uh, at Doncaster. I was uh, the last one out. And luckily I, was, I managed to squeeze through the middle. And uh, once he got to the front, then I was happy. And, uh, and uh, you know, I kicked on top of the hill. Uh, and uh, on nice side, I probably went 100 yards too early. Uh, uh, the others were waiting the line probably faster than me. But it was my fault and I probably kicked a bit too early. But... You know, he's, he's a tough, well-balanced, good horse. And, uh, and uh, yeah, he proved that Doncaster and done it again today. Um, d Distance-wise, going into the early part of next season, what, what, what's your sort of feeling about what, what he can do? Well, at the moment, I would say mile is no problem. And then after that, uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, he's neat, compact. He handled the dip very well. And, uh, yeah, you know, one step at a time. Now they can regroup for the winter and aim for the guineas here in, uh, in May. How are you after the unship? Pretty shook up, I must say. I don't have the jump jockeys. Uh, luckily, I mean, one piece, just got a couple of knocks, bit of a headache, but nothing like a group one to put you right, right? Quite right, well. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, a third win in the Dewhurst for Frank and Dettori. Having gone that period of time without winning it, he's in two darn hot, St. Mark's Basilica, and now Chaldine. Uh, a brief word about Frankie. There's mm. a lot made about the fact that he wasn't riding regularly through the, the summer. Um, but then he gets that ban for going to ride Torquato Tasso. He has that long period off. He wins a Group 1 in France on Kinross, places on Torquato Tasso. Then he has another week off, comes to Newmarket and wins another Group 1. There's a, a lesson in that, isn't there? 
Absolutely, and I remember when it was all sort of kicking off with whether he was going to ride for the Gosdens and around that Stradivarius ride, and it was almost as if people were trying to retire the guy and, and forgetting what the calibre of jockey that he is. He still is the, the man for the big occasion, I believe. And he, he con consistently shows it. Yes, he's obviously picked for very good horses and he's getting good rides, but look how simple he made that. He just He's, he's a master, really, and he can, he can ride it anyway and... There you go. And to, and to come back after a fall like that is, mm. is very impressive as well. Steve? He's one of the greats. Uh, you know, of how do you judge things? I think, I think the, the test for in any sport is at the top level, really. If, if whether you can do it, because nerves, pressure, whatever is involved. And for years and years and years, he's been utterly reliable. I thought we've had a great race in the arc. I know he got beat, but I thought we had a superb race there. He was picture perfect uh, yesterday. He's just a really good temperament wise. All over the world as well. You know, he's not just in Britain. He's done it everywhere he's gone. He's uh, certainly in my lifetime one of the, you know, two or three greats without a doubt. Uh, indeed, uh, we echo those sentiments. Now, another of the big races yesterday at Newmarket was the Club Godolphin Cesarevich, uh, and it provided a very easy winner. I say easy. I don't think that even really states how comfortable Run for Oscar's success was. No, and you you kept thinking something's going to get to him and is he, he surely he can't win by that far but he kept going away and going away I mean just a very well handicapped horse jumper coming into the Cesarich the jumps boys and girls have got a great record in the race so yeah just a, a brilliant performance it sliced through the pack here Steve I mean I thought a horse with no name was going okay at this point Scaramanga was getting to it but once he gets clear sailing it was over a long way out. It's funny how you can say that sometimes you watch races through the prism of one horse. I had a bet in this race. I bet the second Reno Victrix. And like we all do, I was shouting at my television about, you know, get a run, get a run. And thinking about it. And immediately I thought, God, that was gotten quite close. I then watched the replay and I'm, I'm embarrassed in front of my <laughs> wife thinking, no, you wouldn't have got quite close. <laughs> you know, you'd have been slightly further away from ahead of the third. Uh, the winner's absolutely just, up. just see the way he kicks on there and it's, he almost eases up at the line. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's been a, a, an extraordinary run of progression for me. Still a bit unexposed on the flat over that sort of trip. Um, but a, a, a plot that's come off for a Charles Burns horse, it's, it's not an unusual thing, is it? No, it's not unusual. It's a canny trainer and it's canny placement. You know, it's no surprise that he'd have had this race in mind probably earlier than this year let alone at the beginning of the season so yeah. to, it's still a job to get him there in one piece and get him right and he was clearly you know he was clearly the best horse in the race on the day yeah and not so sleepy provided the entertainment value as well yeah. which was yeah. good as he always yeah. does yeah. i think i mean it, it, it may have been a plot but he, you know he gave everyone a clue when he he won this time before it's not as if it's yeah. uh, i don't know came eighth buried at haydock and then come and won where you all feel a bit aggrieved yeah. i mean the reason he was vying for favouritism, we all saw him bolt up in the style of all he was going to get further and further and further. So, yeah, I mean, it, it may have been a plan, but I think it's more a plan than a plot, if you know what I mean. It started with P. Can I have the uh, least of that? Yeah. <laughs> two, two, two of the lessons. Half of the lesson was correct. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> and after the race, uh, Charles Burns spoke to Tom as well. Charles Burns has won the uh, Cesarewitch handicap. Uh, uh, the horse one it, it seemed easy as you like how far out was this was this plan thought up Charles well it uh, was only really thought of fully like midsummer, you know but it was in the back of our minds from uh, probably last autumn you know we thought this place would suit him we won uh, this is our trial with a different horse here 
uh, last year we were thinking of this race for him, but he picked up a bit of an injury. But we thought this lad would 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 kind of fit the bill, you know. So his problem during the summer was he was too low on the handicap. He, we couldn't get him into us. He got battled out of Galway and he got battled out a few few more days. So we went to Haydock then. We knew he would get into Haydock. And we got a bit of a penalty there and put us in nicely here today, you know. You went to Haydock having to win and win well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in hindsight, he would have got in being a bit low, but... Uh, we wanted to make sure we get in. <laughs> he's, he's, yeah. I, I chatted to David off air there, and he, he said that was that wasn't too difficult. I mean, he, yes, he's well handicapped, but he, he seems a very straightforward horse. Actually, he's so chilled, you know. I mean, they all the rest of the horses were pulling and dragging. He's absolutely chilled to the bone. Even saddling him up. And David said, going down to the start, he was in a loopy end. I mean, he saved every bit of energy. I mean, that's that's what it's all about, and it's. Absolutely brilliant for the, the owners. They've been they've been with me, I'd say, from nearly the start, you know, and they deserve every every bit of success they get because they've been brilliant to train for. This is the top of the hill group who who yeah. seem who, who, they seem they seem a happy bunch off the back of that. Oh, they seem a good bunch. Fantastic. So they had Salvat, like we've had great days with Salvat, and no 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 this fellow, you know. So um, have you thought about beyond today for the horse or not? I haven't really. He he would have options. Like I mean, he would have options of. Come back over holes, like, and uh, but look, we'll t mission accomplished today, and we, we won't make any hasty decision, you know. But watch out when he goes back over hurdles, run for Oscar. If he does go back over hurdles, it won't be David Egan on board, unless, of course, something changes. Uh, but delighted to say that David Egan is joining us now on Racing TV. Morning, David. Morning, Rishi. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? And um, how easy was that success yesterday? Oh, it was it was textbook, really. Um, it's just a credit to Mr. Barnes and his team how well he prepared one for Oscar because it it wasn't much to do with me. I was I was only the the passenger on board. <laughs> Am I right that you took a took a bit of a pull three out? Yeah, Mr. Barnes had um, said he wouldn't be a horse. He'd want to be hitting the front with, with a lot of the race to go. He said, you want to be sort of producing them just inside the two poles. So I thought I didn't want to, I didn't have much to do. So I thought I'd better do something right. So I just took a little bit of a sit and it was almost like I filled him up even more because when I let him down, he quickened up really, really well. I mean, there are a couple of elements of the race that I'd like to get a little bit more from you about going as easily as he was in a race of that nature, normally so competitive, yet you're travelling as well as you were, but also the fact that at the end of a race like that, you're, you're gearing down four or five lengths in front of everything else. Talk me through that experience. Yeah, it's not often, not often you're able to, to do the, the things I've done in such a competitive handicap, let alone the Cesar, which and I think the... Obviously, he travelled really well throughout the race, but I was so surprised how much of a turn of thought he had quickening it into the dip to put the race to bed in, in a matter of strides, really. So it's just a credit to Mr. Barnes and his team. He's got a horse with a very good very good mind. He's able to, to switch off so well in a, a long-distance race, but to quicken the way he's able to do just shows he's a, he's a very, very good horse. 
Uh, and David, I, I spoke to you, I think, a couple of weeks ago, talking about your success during the month of September, which was extraordinary. But October isn't going too badly in itself. I mean, uh, in terms of confidence in the way you're riding at the moment, would this be uh, as good as as, it, as it's ever been so far? Um, yeah, I think so. I think um, when you're getting supplied with good horses to ride in the afternoons it's it's a big confidence booster for sure when them horses are going and winning and everything's going as as smoothly as can be you can't really ask for more so thankfully i can just go out there and sort of have confidence in my ability and i'm getting supplied with the right horses so we'll just try and keep it going for as long as we can rishi uh, just throw you a random one, if it's okay, David. Yesterday yeah. we had the, the Dewhurst, Chaldean won, beat uh, Royal Scotsman and, and Nostrum. Sakir was supposed to run in the race. It would have been fascinating to see how he went. What was your reaction to to the result, how strong a race it was, and have you thought about what Sakir might have done to that field? I've thought about it many times. I'm <laughs> watching the race, imagine myself just slotted in behind the leaders there, but look, it's... It's racing, they're not robots, so things can go wrong. And unfortunately, he's had a, a little setback, but he'll be back next year and um, will hopefully show show everyone what he can do on the racetrack next spring. Do, do you feel that he he could have proved himself the best two-year-old around, in, in, in Britain anyway? Well, he was, he was on the right track. He'd done everything right. He just wasn't able to take the final step to, to prove himself to be at the top but he hasn't not proven himself he, obviously he didn't take part in the race but who knows he could be mm. uh, and a brief word about Eldar Eldarov is he still planning on running at Champions Day or is he done for the season um, he's still he's still in full work so I'm sure that the team will have a, a good think about Champions Day um, I know he's in a race with fans also, so there's still two options for him, but obviously that's for the connection to the side. But he's in, he's in good form. I rode him the other morning, and as most jockeys would say, he's going even better than before he won the ledger, so <laughs> things are going well. Well, this time last week on Luck on Sunday chat was about what would happen uh, at Perignon-Charles, whether Alpinista might end up winning that Group 1 uh, for Sir Mark Prescott, that great Group 1 race, and owner Kirsten Rousing, well, she did under Luke Morris, and we're delighted to say that Kirsten Rousing is on the line now. Kirsten Rousing, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Fine, thank you. Um, can you just take us back to Sunday and the reaction to Alpinista's success and being in that paddock at Longchamp with the, the, the good feeling that so many people seem to have for yourself, Luke, Annabelle and, of course, Sir Mark? Well, obviously, it was a fantastic reception for the mayor herself and, uh, of course, particularly Sir Mark and Luke. Um, the French went wild. Uh, there was lots of cheering and shouting and clapping and uh, selfies with Sir Mark and so on, to the extent that he found it quite difficult to traverse the throng. And William Butler had to um, assist him 
assist the rock star getting through the crowd. <laughs> oh, I love that. When he comes on later on the show, I look forward to calling in rock star Sir Mark Prescott. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about what it was like watching Alpinista, especially the moment she turned into the straight and Luke Morris appeared to be going so much better than many around him? Well, to tell you the truth, it was actually quite difficult to see it live because of the weather condition. There was there'd been heavy rain throughout, and certainly a, a significant drizzle during the the passage of the race. Plus, of course, all the jockeys' colours were quite mud covered, so it was a bit difficult to see it live. But we could tell that. Um, uh, the wonderful heroine was going quite comfortably and Luke seemed to be in complete control of the situation, which indeed he was. And obviously you've been trying to breed good horses for a long time and doing so successfully. But the achievement of winning the ARC, it's, it's one of those races that people talk about growing up. Uh, all, the, all the big owner breeders, they all want to win this particular Group 1 race. To have finally achieved it, what, what did that mean to you? Well, it is marvellous. Um, I have to say, we've bred some good horses over the years. In fact, I think about uh, 24 Group 1 wins, if not 27 by now. Um, and we have bred one or two animals that have been higher rated than even Alpinista. So, um, although it's been a long time coming, obviously she is my very first runner in the ARC in my own colours. I have bred horses who run in the ARC, but nothing in my own colours. Um, and uh, I would again uh, emphasise that uh, none of this could have been possible without the marvellous assistant of my home team at Landwades, uh, St. Simon and Staffordstown Stars, and of course, uh, by Sir Mark Prescott's excellent training uh, and uh, Luke Morris's uh, flawless riding. Um, and let's not forget the entire Heath House team in Newmarket, they also contributed to that great success. A number of very significant factors contributing to the success of Alpinista. Uh, one important element that Sir Mark actually mentioned in the immediacy after the race, he said that you know, he's trained, I believe, three generations. She's the third, so he had Albanova, Al Wilder, and now Alpinista. But of course, you go back to Alouette prior to that for you. and. Um, that the whole process, the, the long-term process, and the word patience being, I, I imagine, at the forefront of the approach. Is that fair? I hope so, yes. <laughs> um, this, this family um, has been with me for five generations, four of them homebred. And uh, the original fourth dam, Alouette, was trained by my great friend Jim Bolger at Cool Cullen. And Sir Mark has trained the next three generations. And all four of these generations, um, Alouette, Albanova, Alwilda, and now Alpinista, they're all stakes winners, uh, two of them listed winners and two of them group winners, group one winners, in fact. So um, 
the catalog page looks pretty, uh, if you like that sort of thing, um, it's pretty well all black, which I like. And, and even adding to that as well, the, the grandsire of uh, Alpinista, Hernando, who you also stood at, at Landways as well. So. I, the, the, I, I can't even begin to imagine the, the pride uh, that would be involved in being associated with something like that. Well, there is a certain amount of pride, but there's an immense gratitude involved to horses themselves and to those who tend them. And understandably so. Um, it's very difficult sometimes for, for us who will never own or have the opportunity to, to be involved at that sort of level at the sport. But we try and get messages out of what's happened in the Alpinista story. And the one thing that struck me was the fact that so many people spoke about sort of the, the virtues of, of, of being involved with the team, notably loyalty and tradition. Tradition to breed horses, middle distance horses, which of course you have the opportunity to do that. The loyalty of, of being involved with the same people, Sir Mark Prescott, he's involved with all the family of Albanista, uh, Alpinista. And, and of course, uh, Luke Morrison, the loyalty to the rider. Um, is, is that a message that you think we can all, all appreciate and benefit from? Yes, I would hope so, but let's not think that it's to the detriment of, of uh, new involvement in the sport. Um, I would add that obviously Sir Mark has been training for 53 years. I've been breeding for a little bit longer than that, in <laughs> fact, <laughs> uh, in various countries, um, but for the last 42 in this country. Um, Sir Mark and I have worked together for 36 years. Luke Morris has been Sir Mark's stable jockey for 11 years. And William Butler has been with Sir Mark for 20 years. So it's, it's a long, ongoing commitment by all parties. And of course, my own commitment to the AL family, originally uh, one of His Highness the Aga Khan's studs, um, has been, you know, um, going on 35, 40 years as well. And before that, even in another branch of the family. But, um, you know, I, I'm delighted that patience has been rewarded <laughs> and loyalty perhaps also, even more so. Um, but let's not, um, let's not make uh, this in any way some kind of um, obstacle to new investment or new enthusiasts joining the racing game. But hopefully they will, whoever joins the racing game can, can learn from the virtues of patience and perseverance, especially when it comes to dealing with horses. Um, there is the prospect of obviously Alpinista running again this season. Is it confirmed that Japan is the plan for Alpinista? Well, at this early stage, we can confirm nothing. She ran only seven days ago. Um, so I think we need to give her a bit of a, um, a bit of rest and relaxation at this stage. And then she and Sir Mark will no doubt have ongoing discussions. But at the end of the day, the mayor herself will decide where she wants to go. Um, and she'll, she'll be retired at the end of the season. That's the plan, yes.
I, I just wanted to ask about her half-sister, um, Alpen Bloom, who's in France, because if you look through the line of the family, they all peak at five, it seems. <laughs> um, and I believe she turns five next year, and she's had a, a pretty good spell of things already. She's shown a lot of promise. Is that right? Well, she only turns four next year. Oh, she's no, four. Only... four. Uh, lo lots of time. <laughs> yeah, lots of time. And she's already a winner of three and uh, stakes placed. She might go once more again this year. Um, I think there's a race for her in about eight or nine days' time. Well, And she, uh, she's trained by up-and-coming young trainer Tim Donworth, who trains in Chantilly. This is his first full season, and he has been um, tremendously successful with uh, a number of winners, and um, Group 2 placed a two-year-old only yesterday. Wonderful stuff, and I cannot wait to see what she does over the next two seasons. Very exciting times for Alpen Bloom. Remember the name. We Hopefully all the viewers of luck on Sunday. Um, we're going to just take a moment to indulge, if we can, um, Kirsten, because uh, obviously... Alpinista goes back to Alouette, the fourth dam, who's also uh, the dam of Alborada. And we're approaching champion stakes time here. And Alborada, of course, is a dual champion stakes winner. And uh, we're going to look back at the success in 1999 in particular, because I thought has to go down as one of the most remarkable training performances. She only had two runs in the 1999 season. One was in the Nassau. And then after the Nassau, she went straight on to to the champion stakes. What were your memories of, of that occasion? Well, she had, um, she had a very uh, incident-ridden passage in the Nassau where she slipped on the slightly greasy bend. It had rained beforehand. So um, she nearly came down and uh, one was terribly worried about her having been injured, but thankfully, um, it was, uh, she was all right. Um, and then we had to wait, 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 wait <laughs> until the um, champion stakes. And um, uh, she had one not over uh, exciting gallop with a year <laughs> young mine. And Samarth was. Uh, at that stage, doubtful to run her, but he did, and uh, the rest is history. Uh, just watching uh, George Duffield doing doing his stuff on on Alborada. I mean, when you were talking about horses that are the higher rated than Alpinista, I mean, I, and I know they're no favourites, but um, where would Alborada rank in in terms of your appreciation? Well, I would say to me, she is the pinnacle. Alborada, the pinnacle, Alpinista, the arc winner. Uh, so many wonderful horses to choose from. <laughs> um, uh, and, and Kirsten, just very, very briefly on a, on a personal level, I, I saw you walking around at, uh, at, at Longchamp. Are you 100% fit? Is everything okay? Because you, you did sport a boot, which I have to say that you moved with ease despite <laughs> it in the rain as well. Yes, it's fantastic what a, what a big win can do. The adrenaline flows <laughs> down to the feet. Uh, Sir Mark, good morning. How good are morning. you? Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I haven't heard the rest of your programme because I'm 
clogging around the sales <laughs> in, that, in that rather dispiriting thing of trying to find value for money at the sales. <laughs> well, to be fair, they should be coming to you in droves, offering horses after the, the last week. How, how are you after the success of, of Alpinista? I obviously had a brief chat with you on the day, um, and you, you mentioned that the, the emotion had caught you out a bit. Yes, I was surprised how, how much it did. And I just passed Roger Charlton, and he said, have your feet come down yet? And I said, no, no, I'd like to keep them up a bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the response to the success of Alpinista, you know, there's that lovely photo of yourself and Jean-Claude Rougeau. So many well wishes, so many people, ha and I know, happy for Kirsten Rousing, happy for the horse, for Luke Morris, Annabelle, William Butler, etc. But there was a lot of, of goodwill for you. Um, were you. Were you overwhelmed by that in any yes, way? I think I was, and particularly in France, you know, um, uh, I hadn't, well, you never think you're going to win those races, do you? You think the horse might win, but you never think you will. Um, and um, so, um, you know, yes, it was it was marvellous. And, um, yeah, really great. It, the, great, the best day of my, of my racing life. I, I had previously thought it was when I rode my first winner, but I, I think that was better. I think that was better. It's funny because I was going to ask you later on whether or not winning the Arc on Alpinista was as good as landing a touch with Pasternak in the Cambridgeshire or something like that. Um, but uh, you, you've already you've already beaten me to the punch with that. Um, can, can I also ask about how you enjoyed the race? Because Kirsten was just on a few moments ago and she was talking about the fact she couldn't really see it, didn't quite get, because of the weather, etc., didn't quite get a sense of what was going on. But um, you were in the paddock. I know you were watching on the screen. Um, what was it like again when Luke Morris was travelling so well on on the Great Grey Mare? Yes, I just thought we were going too well. This can't be one of mine. It was just going too well. <laughs> um, and um, and uh, I think Mike Dillon was next to me. Apparently, he said he could hear me just saying, "Wait, wait, wait." <laughs> and then he heard me say, "Go, go, go." <laughs> and he said afterwards that the. Fortunately, the jockey had waited longer than me. <laughs> so it was, when, a, it was a great day. When, when had you concocted the, the tactics for the race and, and how did you come up with it? Um, Alain Roya Dupre very kindly rang me. He's a friend of Tony Esler's who always used to ride for me in amateur races. And Alain came to see me last year and, and he very kindly rang in the evening. And, um, um, you know, he, he just emphasised what he how he thought um, he's won two arcs and been second in three. So I listened very carefully. Ah. <laughs> uh, thank you to Alan de Roy de Prey then. Now, um, a little bit about Alpinista and the family. We had Kirsten talking about how, obviously, you train Al Wilder, Al Bonova, um, and, and the patterns, obviously, that you, having trained all the family, would have, uh, have, uh, have learned from and, and adapted. What sort of what sort of early indications did Alpinista give you that she could be trained in a similar manner, perhaps to her granddam, or, or was it anyway like that? Um, in uh, and lots of ways, not in that physically she's much more like her mother. Um, but uh, I think I heard Mr. Mellish say that you know they they want to go and they hold their heads in the right place, and uh, Alvarado was the same and. You know, they're very, very genuine and they give you what they can. And and all four of the very good ones were simply wonderful rides. You could put them anywhere you wanted in a race. And as you know, that wins you races because you can ride yours uh, to the disadvantage of the opposition. Mm -hmm. 
Um, we, we tried to ask Kirsten about um, whether or not she'll, she'll definitely go to Japan. Um, is there a particular factor? Is it as simply a case of whether the horse is right, she goes? Is that as simple I, as that? I, I don't know. It's very much for, for Miss Rousing to decide. Um, the filly has come out of the race very, very well, as she has all her races. Um, she cantered a day later, um, and uh, she's eating wonderfully well. So she's in very, very good nick. So it's a, it's a, a difficult problem because, of course, I think particularly for Miss Rousing, it would be awful to get her beat after this fairy tale sequence. Mm. I, I can absolutely understand that. Um, then there's all the thing of, well, deer racing is dangerous. But as we know, horses find ways to, to kill themselves in the paddock, but just as easily as they do on the race course. Mm. You know, the dangers are always there with any livestock. So, you know, there's a lot for her to weigh, to weigh up. But the, uh, until the arc, we all thought, all of us thought, that she was better on fast ground. Well, can I ask you a little bit about the rider? Um, you mentioned the fact, as almost as they crossed the line, you, you know, talking about thanking other people, you know, you thank Kirsten Rousin for all the horses that you've trained. You also thank Luke Morris, and you mentioned the fact that he's been with you for 11 years, and we know, obviously, prior to that, George, etc. Um, that was a, a special moment for the relationship, and, and I was struck when I spoke to Luke Morris, I think just a couple of days ago, how emotional he still is after winning the race. What, what was the aftermath like with him? Um, I think it was, a, and he's very professional, and um, you know the, he's the ultimate professional. You know, he's always on time. He's never late. He's always gone through the race carefully. Um, you know, he's he's the professional, and um, so uh, I think it means a lot for him to be in the. He's, he's used to being professional in the sort of darker corners of racing where people aren't watching all the time. And I think to come good and ride a superb race, you'd be surprised how many other trainers have stopped me on the way around here in the last few days and said, what a wonderful race he rode. Mm. I think it's a marvellous thing for him to be in the limelight, in the sunshine, and people see what he can do. It's, it, it's funny because obviously throughout the last 10, 11 years that he's been with you, people talk about how professional he is, how hardworking he is. Um, but I guess the nature of, of competitive sport is that to, to be recognised for how talented you are, you, you, you've got to do it at the highest level. Is, is it as brutal as that, in your opinion, do you think? Yes, it is. And, of course, Luke's career, and he won't mind me saying, is, has been hampered by looking so ungainly in a finish. Now, it's, <laughs> it's, it's extraordinarily effective. Mm. Um, and uh, I have been unable to tame it. And um, I, I've also... <laughs> Um, you know, I don't know anything about golf, but people tell me once you interfere with somebody's swing, sometimes they're never as good again. And so I've never wanted to change too much, but I think, you know, there's no doubt that his ungainly style does not a, appeal to people um, uh, at, the, at the top of the sport, the top of the trainer's list. Uh, but, you know, he's tactically very, very good. Uh, he's never been afraid in his life. Um, and um, but <laughs> he's defeated my efforts to to polish the <laughs> style. Uh, but the horses, as you know, from the number of we're very lucky to have each year a few multiple winners. Um, and you don't get that with a jockey who has in any way brutalised the horse. So 
the horses, you know, they respond very well. Um, but it's not attractive, and uh, um, I'm, I'm never going to. I, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to change it. <laughs> my my old cricket coach used to say, "It's uh, not how, it's how many." Yeah, uh, just look in the school book. So that's the most important thing, ultimately. Um, just just looking at uh, at some of the, the the horses, we we just reflected on some of the other horses that um, that you've trained for Kirsten Rousing, in particular Alborada. And we were talking about her win in the the cha- obviously she's related to Alpinista. We were talking about her win in the Champion Stakes in 1999. Uh, two things struck us in the in the conversation with um, Kirsten Rousing just a moment ago. One was the fact that she had that rough race at Goodwood in the Nassau, but yet she, that was her only run before going back to try and defend her title in the Champion Stakes, which was a wonderful training performance. But also the fact that Kirsten Rousing said that she represented the pinnacle for her. Um, obviously, in the aftermath of Alpinista's win in the arc, I just wondered what your reaction to that might have been. Yes, well, everybody always says the same thing when they're asked to compare different generations. Um, and uh, I think um, uh, Alborada and Alpinista had a, had a lot in common. Um, with them. Alborada, the, the year she won the second champion stakes, she'd been difficult to train. She wouldn't come. She didn't look as well as usual. She didn't eat as well. We had to wait, wait, wait. And then, then she slipped up at uh, oh, Mr. Footing at Goodwood. And so it was a great day when she finally came right. And um, we had a very interesting gallop with a marvellous old horse I had called Farmost. And he'd worked with her before she won her first champion stakes. And Miss Rousing quite rightly said, well, you know, we don't want to run her if she's not going to run well. And so before the champion stage, she worked with Farmost, and they exactly, exactly repeated the gallop <laughs> that they'd done a year and a bit before, a year before, exactly a year before. Wow. And so when I had my Sunday call with Miss Rousing, she said, oh, do you think she'll run to form? And I said, well, I'll tell you the truth, I haven't a clue, but Farmost says she'll just win. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, brilliant. So it's very the, the unusual other... they produce gallop as accurately as that, you know. Wow. Well, it, it's certainly a template that works. Um, one uh, amusing aspect of, of the ARC experience has been the fact that, obviously, a lot was made of the fact that you, you didn't travel, you hadn't travelled before to watch Group 1 uh, races abroad. But you made the journey, um, but it, it wasn't without its moments of uh, uh, in interest, I, I imagine. Well, uh, no, it all started off poorly with the plane wouldn't start. And, and then we had we were going to Stansted and then we had to go to uh, Luton. And then when we got to France, the, the customs people had left and the police had left. And, <laughs> and that, there was just an air of tension amongst us all. And then walked the course and I was at the furthest point when it started to pour with rain. <laughs> and you know how wet it was. Yes. I've never never seen any interviewer look wetter than you. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and uh, under my coursing jacket, I was soaked as well. So, um, uh, you know, it had the, the, the uh, it had all the signs of what the French, that wonderful word the French have, catastrophe. Um, <laughs> it was all looking a bit catastrophe, but um, it, it, it was just a great day and I don't suppose I'll have a better and to have it, you know, when you've been at it a long time. It was a wonderful moment, you know. I'm very grateful. Uh, one thing struck me as well, post-race, uh, and I know there may have been jest in what you were saying about, you know, uh, your your uh, assistant, William Butler, saying, oh, no, he's going to carry on for a, a bit longer. I mean, 
had you been thinking that you're you're close to, to calling a day, handing the reins over? Well, you you must be, but I, obviously every year that goes by, you, you're 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 nearer. And I suppose for William, there's always that hope that um, on a great moment like that, you'd say, "Well, that's enough." But unfortunately <laughs> for him, it had the reverse effect, and I thought <laughs> I can totter on a bit longer. So poor old William, I mean, it is a nightmare, you know. Yeah. Seem to be going on longer than the Queen Mother, but there we are. <laughs> so, will, will but of course, it's, thank, it's thanks to him doing lots of, of of it that you're able to keep going. So, and being a young man, you just hope that you, most trainers, in the end, mm. however well they do, they run out of owners because your owners are old. And uh, mm. so, the great thing for William now is to is to uh, well, he, he's shown what he can do training, but is to try and find us some new owners. Otherwise, we're we're going to gradually slip away simply because you don't get the, uh, the, the intake every year. Well, uh, it's been a, a good advert for what Heath House can do over the last uh, couple of weeks. So um, hopefully you shall remain as buoyant as ever. Uh, and thank you so much for joining us this morning. Good luck at the sales. Have you got your eye on anything in particular yet? And yes, no, no I've, secrets? Got, I've got my eye on, on all sorts of things which I can't possibly afford. <laughs> and uh, we'll have to just hope we get lucky because at the sales, I'm sure you're all the same. You, when you buy a good one, you always say, I liked him immediately, forgetting, of course, that you tried desperately to buy 19 others beforehand. <laughs> I so love you the just honesty. hope that the luck comes right, yeah. Yeah, well, I love that honesty. Uh, so Mark Prescott, ARC winning trainer, thank you so much for joining us on Luck on Sunday. Thank you both, thank you. Uh, well, we are just six days away from the 2022 renewal of Kipco British Champions Day. Delighted to have Rod Street on the phone to talk to us. Uh, Rod, first of all, how are you? How much are you looking forward to uh, next Saturday? Thank you for asking. I'm very well, Rishi. And as you'd expect, we are agog with anticipation for next Saturday. It's, it's looking <laughs> to be a very special day. It's the 12th running of... Kipco British Champions Day and as you'd expect on a day which pays out over four million pound in prize money with four group ones and a group two and a punchy handicap to end the day <laughs> there's there's going to be something for everyone and obviously a you know one or two big talking points for us today about some of the stars that will be on show. Uh, how important has it been and is it possible to emphasize how important it was that Baid missed the arc? Well, it was very important to us. We we like superstars on a day. I mean, I, I do think over the course of the 12 years, the day more than punches its weight. So we I don't feel we're ever reliant on one race course. And if you look at the, the races across the card on, on this Champions Day, there's a feast of action and there are some great stories. But of course, you want superstars. Ten years ago, um, Frankel ran in, in 2012 and, and um, has gone on to do remarkable things and seems to be breaking every record as a stallion so we know what superstars do so the have Bayid there of course is wonderful and we're we're delighted and so yes the decision by William Haggis to bring him to Ascot and not to Longchamp was very warmly received by us. <laughs> um, and, and a brief word I, I don't know what your weather forecasting is like but are we have, have you got a have you got any predictions on what the weather's going to be like in the lead up to the week or the lead up to Champions Day and what we can expect on the day? Well, having just heard Steve Mellish there, I'll take I'll take the words from him. I will leave that to people better qualified than me. But <laughs> I did talk to Chris Dickles a couple of days ago. There's, there's, there's good 
in the ground um, on on both the um, the straight course and the round course at the moment. Uh, quite a dry few days ahead. A little bit of rain anticipated at the end of the week, and at this time of the year, you're going to expect some juice in the ground. Um, but but so far so good, and 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 we'll we'll know a lot more as we get closer. But as it stands, it's looking very positive. And how are ticket sales going at the moment? Ticket sales are good. We sold out the top two enclosures, which is excellent. Um, very, very much predicated on so many race fans who want to come and see all of these good horses. The um, the, the Queen Anne enclosure, we've still got tickets available there. I think, as, as we know, most race courses this year with the economic crisis have been struggling to fill that um that final enclosure but on a on a day like kipco british champions day we would expect to do better than the current average and with so much going on um with Bayed, with trushan going for a third long distance cup um with the return of stradivarius who since 2017 has run in so many champion series races it's brilliant that bjorn nielsen has given the green light for him to come and do a couple of laps of the parade ring so race goers can say goodbye to him so there's just so much going on we're inducting two more hall of famers um on the day and we're also very positively celebrating her majesty the queen through the um hall of fame there's an exhibition in the in the grandstand and um, it turned out that kipco british champions day last october was the last race meeting she attended so you know we'll all be feeling a bit melancholy on the day but we'll be shining a light on all that she brought to the sport so if you're a racing fan i think next saturday's unmissable mm. yeah some poignant memories of her majesty uh, the queen uh, speaking of racing fans you are a racing fan i know rod so what is the race you are most looking forward to is it simply baid against adar or is there something else on that card that particularly intrigues you yeah, I mean, I want. I mean, Adar is not far behind Bayed at all on ratings. We must remember on, on official ratings. So I'd love Adar to give Bayed a really, really serious race, and 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 for the for the race to go out on top, and 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 for Bayed obviously to crown what's been a fantastic career. But you know, I'm really interested. You know, in in, in Holly picking up another win on True Shan. The sprint is always. Um, so competitive and creative force goes for another win in that so as a fan i'm i'm just really into the whole day rishi uh, one thing i wanted to ask you about rod um, national racehorse week um obviously concluded recently how much of a success was that yeah we're delighted i mean we, we've spoken today I, I listened to your talking points earlier on about some of the the challenges the industry faces and that we're not always facing the right way i think national racehorse week is such a good example of everyone agreeing that we need to put our best foot forward to show how how well uh, race horses are cared for and and so um two years running now we've had tremendous engagement um across communities 33 community events this year we created 10,000 spaces for the public to attend over 130 yards opened up and bearing in mind it launched during the very sad moment that her majesty the queen passed away i think the sport did famously well to keep the wheels on and the show on the road and the most encouraging thing rishi i went to lots of the the open days at yards small medium and large were how many people who weren't racing fans who'd seen it advertised on social media 
and seen adverts elsewhere and you came to have a look because that's really the job of it it's not just about opening the gates to existing fans it's about people coming who wouldn't normally see racing and making their own mind up and judging by the reception they got and the mm. very enthusiastic lads and lasses and and trainers that they met i think the sport did a brilliant job